Mount Sinai Missionary Baptist Church podcast, where the Reverend Leo R. Thomas is our pastor. As a church, we desire to preach and to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ so that all are saved. We hope that you're encouraged by this message. Good morning, family. It's Pastor. It is June 21st, the third Sunday in the month of June. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. In spite of the fact we got June gloom all around us, the fact of the matter is the sun is shining brightly above the cloud cover. Please know that. I want to send a very hearty and welcoming greeting to all of my cohorts and my counterparts, uh, my brethren, uh, as you celebrate today, Father's Day. Man, what a blessing it is to have men in the kingdom who take the role of fathers seriously. Amen. I I bless God for all of you, brothers. I learned from you. I gleaned from you. uh, And I'm strengthened by you uh, for all that you do. Listen, if Mother's Day, uh, if Sadie by the Spinners uh, and Dear Mama by Tupac are the uh, Women's Mother's Day National Anthems, then guess what? Father's Day has to be uh, James Brown, Papa Don't Take No Mess. Amen. Uh, listen, family, we love you. We appreciate you. We thank God for you. And uh, we're excited about what God is going to do today. Uh, there is a word. There's a word from the Lord. And I want you to know, Mount Sinai family, and to all of our listeners, even abroad, uh, that you're going to be strengthened today by this word of God. Trust me when I say uh, I have been dealing with it all week. Uh, there are times when I was crying. There are times when I was shouting. There are times when I was dancing and praising. It's that kind of word. Amen. And I believe today you're going to be strengthened by it. Sisters, listen, don't go to sleep. Don't, don't, don't doze off because this word today, you're going to want your sons, your grandsons, your brothers, in some cases, your fathers, your husbands and your future husbands to manifest this word today that we're going to share with you. Uh, But before we do that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. We're praying for the sick and shut in. We're praying for the bereaved uh, hearts. Deacon Clark is out of the hospital. Praise be to God. Uh, He is back home. Continue to pray for him that God will strengthen his body and heal him from the inside out. Amen. And then all of those who are on the sick and shut in, all of those who are struggling with the loss of loved ones. Listen, we're praying for you. We know that uh, it's a difficult time uh, just in general, just because of life issues, but then to add the pandemic, COVID-19 on top of that, of course, uh, makes it even more challenging. Also, real quick, before we pray, I want to give my sister, Sister Sherry Shaw, a shout out. If those of you who were in church in February would remember that Sister Sherry, who's in charge of our drama department, did a play uh, regarding Black Wall Street. If you've been watching the news at all, CNN, regular news, etc., we have heard more about Black Wall Street in the last two weeks because of the rally that's going on in Oklahoma today with our current president, uh, Donald J. Trump. Uh, There has been great coverage about Black Wall Street. My goodness. Uh, I mentioned to Sherry in February, I had never heard of Black Wall Street. I did not know the story of the massacre in Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, in 1921. But I got a crash course in February. And now here in the last couple of weeks, even more information, specials, documentaries have been mentioning the massacre of 1921. So Sherry, I want to give you a shout out. Bless God for you. It was obvious God knew all of this was going to come out uh, and he inspired and encouraged you 
to educate the people of God way in advance. Amen. So I appreciate you. Thank God for you. Listen, let's pray. God, we bless and praise. We thank you and we bless you. We uh, just give you praise, honor, and glory, Lord God, uh, for who you are, for what you do. God, we bless you for allowing us to see another day. We thank you, Lord God, that we're still in the kingdom and that we can come together even by way of internet, by way of podcast, Lord God. Uh, we're able to come together and stand in unity, knowing that you are God and that you still speak from on high. We ask today, Lord, that you would soften our hearts, Lord God, that we might receive your word and that our hearts would be a good resting place, Lord God, for the word in which you're going to impart to us today by way of your Holy Spirit and by way of your manservant. God, we ask today that you would touch those who are sick and shut in, those who are bereaved, those who are struggling, Lord God, financially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, whatever it is, Lord God, that they stand in need of. I pray right now that you would meet them at the point of their need for your word tells us that you're a very present help in our time of need. Now, God, we pray that you would just humble our hearts, Lord God, uh, help us to reflect today on your word that we might see in us the behaviors in which must be corrected in order that we may walk worthy of the vocation in which you called us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, family, get to your Bibles, get to your Bibles. Today is Father's Day, so we got to do something to honor and to uplift, to encourage our brothers. I ask that you go to Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter 4, verse 20. Romans chapter 4, verse 20. When you get there, here is the word that will be waiting there for you. In Romans chapter four, verse 20, one short verse, the Bible says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Did you get that? Listen, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. From that short verse, I want to talk briefly about endearing qualities every father should have. Endearing qualities every father, as a matter of fact, I would dare say every man, uh, every saint should have um, because all of these qualities make you better as a believer. If you were to thoroughly examine the Bible, you will find that God talks a great deal about fathers. The word father is mentioned in over 1,500 verses throughout the Bible, while the word mother is only mentioned about 300 times. Now, listen, moms, don't get mad at me. Uh, you know how I feel about you, and I know, you know, the world knows that the position in which you hold is such an important position uh, that the bottom line is that the impact that you have on the family, on the children specifically, in many cases is even greater than we do as fathers. But it's important for us to understand and to know that was not God's design. God's design was is that the spiritual direction, the fortitude of the family, the corrective behavior, specifically if it's wrong, that takes place with the children was supposed to be administered by the father. And if you know anything about being a father, you know that it is a position that can be very frustrating, very exasperating and discouraging. 
In many cases, these emotions stem from the fact that we as fathers, we make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, and, and those mistakes carry devastating negative effects and consequences for our family many times over. I don't know about you, but I have had some errors in trying to lead my family that left me pondering, why did I do that? Why did I say that? What in the world was I thinking? And then of course, the regret of wishing I could go back in time and handle that situation, that circumstance differently. My desire is to be a good father for my kids and a good example for my wife. But there have been times that I have felt like an absolute failure as a husband and worthless as a father. But listen to me, brothers, I'm not trying to criticize you or condemn you. I'm trying to set you free. The fact of the matter is we all make mistakes. I've come to the realization that I'm not the only father that has grieved over my failures. And if my failures as a father can affect my family negatively and carry with them harmful consequences, then I believe that my faith as a father can affect my family positively and carry with it optimistic, encouraging, constructive consequences many times over. That is why it's important, brethren, to be on our guard and to be careful about what we do and what we say. Our mistakes ripple into the lives of our children and our wives. This was the case of the Jewish kids that wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of the sins of their fathers. And the word of God, he smacks us between the eyes with the cost of our misdeeds upon our children. Let it not be said of us what's chronicled in the annals of God's word, that we were negligent, careless, inattentive to the well-being of our children. The Bible tells us in the word of God, in Numbers chapter 14, verse 33, and your children shall wander in the wilderness 40 years and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. Let it not be said of us that which is chronicled in the word of God. In Exodus chapter 20, verse five, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation of them that hate me. Let it not be said of us that which is chronicled in the annals of God's word. When Lamentations chapter five, verse seven says, our fathers have sinned and are not, and we have borne their iniquities. However, it's important to also remember that there are fathers in the Bible, men in the Bible, that exhibited endearing, attractive, appealing qualities that enhance their ability to lead their families in a way that was pleasing to God and honoring before man. Abram, more commonly known as Abraham, the father of the faithful was such a man. Though he was not perfect, 
he emphatically and categorically trusted God to the degree that he obtained favor with the Lord. And for the few minutes that we have left, I want to share a few endearing qualities that Abram had that I believe will help us fathers be better in the critical role God has allowed us to occupy. As we unpack the word of God, this one short verse, we will see that these are qualities, as I mentioned earlier, not just for dads, but for every born again, washed in the blood saint of the most high God. What does this verse reveal about Abram that is critical for all in the kingdom? The Bible says here in Romans chapter four, verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Here's the first thing I need you to get. Abram did not waver. Yeah, that, that's what verse 20, the A portion identifies for us. Abram did not waver. The Bible says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. The word staggered in the Greek diakrino means Abraham or Abram did not vacillate. Abram did not hesitate. Abram did not question God's ability to fulfill his promise. Catch this, Abram did not waver. You'd remember that God makes a promise to Abram in Genesis chapter 12. And as detailed and as thorough as God is in verses one through three, he leaves out a critical detail. In Genesis chapter 12, the Bible says, verse one, now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Verse two says, and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. That's Genesis chapter 12, verse one through three. God instructs Abram that it's time to leave his father and the country in which he is accustomed to living in. It's time to move from here because the blessings that God is purposed for Abram cannot be fulfilled in the environment in which Abram is currently in. And if we had time, I would share with you the blessings associated with adhering to the voice of God when he says it's time to move. But that's a different sermon for a different day. Verse four and five tell us in Genesis chapter 12. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him and Lot went with him. And Abram was 70 and five years old when he departed out of Haran. Verse five says, and Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot his brother's son and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into a land of Canaan and into the land of Canaan they came. D did you get that? Verse one through three, God is telling Abram it's time to move. And at the beginning of verse four, the Bible says, Abraham got up and he went. <laughs> wow. Can you see here in these verses that Abram did not waver? Can, can you see that? God said, and Abram went. The Bible says, and I love verse five, it says that he went in forth into the land of Canaan and into the land of Canaan, they came, amen. He, he, he got up 
and he moved because God had told him to do so. But this is not the greatest demonstration of the faith of Abram. That would come later as it is first mentioned in Genesis chapter 15. I said at the beginning of this that God had made a detailed and thorough promise to Abram, but God left out one critical detail. In Genesis chapter 15 reveals the detail to us. Verse one says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying, fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord, what will thou give me seeing I go childless and the steward of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Verse three says, and Abram said, behold to me, thou hast given no seed and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. Verse four says, and behold, the word of the Lord came unto him saying, this shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. In other words, let me give you the Pastor Leo Thomas translation. Abraham is not complaining to God, but he's voicing a concern to God that he does not have an heir. And in those days, those who were the servants, those who were faithful to the master, which Abraham was, they would become his heir automatically if he died. Abraham is saying to God, wait a minute, God, you haven't even given me a child. In other words, I want a son. I want a son. Now, now get this. Abram was north of 75. He's 75 years old when he leaves Haran. When this promise is made to him, he's an old, considered to be an old man. He and Sarah were beyond the years of conception, and yet God makes him a promise. And yet Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Though the circumstances appeared impossible, and the situation defied human comprehension, Abram knew enough about God to believe that God cannot and will not lie. And therefore, Abram did not waver. Romans chapter four, verse 20, gives us insight to the psyche of Abram, the father of the faithful, that in the midst of this waiting process, he didn't waver. He, he didn't stagger. Yeah, he, he didn't stumble. He stood firm, believing that God would do exactly what he said he would do. But, but check out the word of God. The Bible says that he did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. But then it says, but was strong in faith. Yeah, he was strong in faith. That, that's the number two thing you want to just jot down. Abraham, not only did he not waver, Abraham did not weaken. Yeah, the Bible says, but was strong in faith. The word strong means that Abram was vigorous. He was energetic. He was good spirited about the promise God had made him. This is important family to understand because if you know the story of Abram, you know, as I mentioned, that he was 75 years old, but it was not until he was around 99, some say 100, that the promise was fulfilled in his life. D did you catch that? Wait a minute. He's 75 years old when God makes him the promise. He's 99 years old when he's standing in the maternity ward waiting for Sarah to give birth to his son. 24 years 
passed and Abram is waiting for the fulfillment of the promise of God. One score and four years eclipse, yet Abraham is still strong in faith. Abram experienced 24 seasons of winter, 24 seasons of spring, 24 seasons of summer and fall, and yet the clear blue rapid pregnancy detection test continued to be negative. But in spite of that, Abram was strong in faith. He did not allow his continent to fall. He did not become despondent waiting for God to bring about what he had promised to him. Many of us would have weakened in our resolve. Our faith over time would have deteriorated. It would have declined. It would have faded over 24 years. Many of us, even now, after three months out of the church building, have allowed our faith to fade. How do you know? Because you don't give. How do you know? Because you don't even listen to the podcast. How do you know? Because you don't connect with the other saints of God. We have not exhibited the proclivity to remain strong in faith, knowing that God will bring us back together in due time. We have not demonstrated the inclination to rest in the fact that the God we serve is a promise keeper. And therefore, he has an expectation that we continue strong in faith. Fathers, are you listening to me? Brethren, are you listening to me? Abraham did not weaken under the strain of waiting on God to do what he said he would do. Abraham was fully aware of Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse nine. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Abram did not weaken. Abram was aware of the fact that we, in Psalm 37 and 5 says, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Abram's faith was dynamic. He no doubt had visions of how the nursery would be set up and what colors the room would be painted. He, he was eagerly anticipating the consummation of the covenant that God had made to him. But know this, sometimes when God makes a covenant promise to you, you may be the only one who remains strong in the faith. Now, now this is gonna be discouraging for some of you because this is the battle that you are fighting, have been fighting, continuing to fight, that you're the only one holding on to the promise. Your spouse don't get it. Your children don't get it. Your friends and your family, they don't get it, but you're holding fast because you know what God has told to you. Sarah, Abram's wife, thought this entire thing was foolish, but Abram did not weaken. It's hard, dad, when you're the only one who believes in the promise. But as William Shakespeare once said, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Abram did not weaken because he knew that when God came into his life, God was not coming in to be a participant. God was coming in to take over, which means even when my determination is grounded in the promises of God, I have to stand firm. I have to stand steady. I have to stand strong. I have to stand secured. I have to stand stable, even when it rubs my family the wrong way. 
even when it rubs my friends the wrong way, even when it rubs my constituents the wrong way, even when it rubs my neighbors, my homies the wrong way, because my desire is to be faithful to the one that is faithful to me. Even when my knees are feeble, I will not waver and I will not weaken. Bro, you need to say that to yourself today. Even when they are treating me like less than a child of God, I will not waver and I will not weaken. Sister, you need to join in. Even when I'm misunderstood, even when I'm misinterpreted, even when I'm misjudged, when I'm misconstrued, when I'm misread, I know right well the Bible says the Lord is not slack in his promises as some men count slackness. I will not waver and I will not weaken. There will be times when I'm tired and times when I'm weary, times when I'm exhausted and I'm burnt out, but praise be to God for Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30 and 31. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord, my God, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. My God, I feel like shouting. Abram did not waver. Bible says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Abram did not weaken, but was strong in faith. Brothers, listen to me. Here, here is an earthly example of spiritual wherewithal. And if Abram can do it, that means we can do it. But not only did he not waver, not only did he not weaken, here's the last one. Uh, Abram did not withhold. Yeah. Do, do you see it? Do you see it? All you got to do is just look at the text with some imagination I praise God for the Holy Spirit being able to lead, guide, and direct me in the midst of my study to even come up with this. Abram did not withhold because the Bible says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Catch the last part of verse 20, giving glory to God. D did you get that? Giving glory to God. He didn't waver. He stayed strong, believing that God would deliver the promise in which he had said to Abram. He was strong in his faith. In other words, continuing to be faithful to God, waiting for the promise. But then here's the last one, brethren, giving glory to God. He did not withhold. In, in other words, even though time was passing, Abram understood that God was still deserving of praise and deserving of honor and deserving of glory. And therefore, Abram refused to withhold from God that which belonged to God. Yeah, the, the Greek word doxa is where we get the word glory from. And this word means to praise, to honor, to celebrate God. Yeah, the, the problem that many of us have is we do not trust God to fulfill his promises. And therefore, in actuality, you cannot praise him, honor him, or celebrate him, least known glorify him, if you don't believe that he can do what he said he would do. Did you get that? 
You can't say that you're praising God and honoring him when doubt is clouding your mind. You cannot say that you're celebrating him and glorifying him when at every turn the enemy has convinced you that God is not going to show up in your situation and that he's not going to deliver unto you that which he has promised you. Paul says that Abram's faith was characterized, portrayed, and illustrated by the fact he was always constantly giving glory to God. That, that literally is what this text is saying. Godly faith glorifies God. The one who gives, infuses, and instills faith in us should receive all the credit. That's God. And if we give him the credit, that means we glorify him. Conversely, family, any faith that does not glorify God is not of or from him. Faith in God affirms the trustworthiness of God's character. It is the ultimate way that we glorify God and without faith, any attempt to worship, to praise, to honor, to glorify him is worthless, it's useless, it's meaningless and pointless. You can come to church all you want, but if you do not trust God, you are not glorifying him. John makes the sobering declaration in 1 John chapter 5, verse 10. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the witness that God has borne concerning his son. In the Old Testament, Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, when King Nebuchadnezzar ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to worship the golden image under the threat of death. They calmly told the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. The overriding concern of those three young brothers was to honor God, to obey him, and to glorify him, just as their forefather, Abram, had done. It can be difficult to glorify God when blessings are delayed. But just remember, brothers, fathers, delayed blessings does not mean denied blessings. Abraham waited for 24 years for God to fulfill his promise. When the time is right, when you have been faithful over a few things, God has the power and the authority to make you a ruler over much. But the question becomes is, will you glorify him while you're waiting? <laughs> Abraham was determined not to withhold from God. I'm going to give him my best praise. I'm going to honor God today like it's my last day to honor him. 
I'm going to be an example before mankind. I want the light of Christ shining through me so that all will see it and glorify my father, which is in heaven. I, I don't know. I don't know about you that there is a father or a mother or a son or a daughter listening today. And you have formulated in your mind that as soon as God brings you out of your situation, out of your circumstance, at the conclusion or the fulfillment of the promise that God has made you, you're going to render unto him great glory. But allow me to try just for a moment to shift your thinking and inform you that God is deserving of the glory right now. If you're listening to me, you're in your right mind. You have use of your extremities. God is deserving of your glory. You were able to wake up this morning, open your eyes and get out of your bed. God is worthy of glory. You have a little bit of food on the table, some clothes on your back. God is worthy of glory. You have a car out there in the driveway. You had shelter over your head last night. God is worthy of the glory. And ain't no sense in waiting to glorify him when you have all that you need right here in this moment. You have clapping in your hands and stomping in your feet and a shouting in your spirit. You ought to glorify God. You ought to praise him right now. Let your neighbors hear how you're praising God. They're going to think you're losing your mind on a Sunday morning. They're going to wonder why it is you're shouting when ain't no football on and ain't no basketball on and ain't no baseball on. The fact of the matter is I don't need none of that to shout unto God because none of them died for me on the cross. But the God that I serve is worthy of glory. Brethren, listen to me. These are endearing qualities every father should have. D did you get them? He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Abram did not waver. He stood firm believing that God would do exactly what he said he would do. Listen to me. There, there's somebody listening right now and you are, you're staggering, you're fumbling about, you're stumbling through what you believe is such a thick fog you can't find your way because God made you some promises and he has not fulfilled them yet. I'm telling you, God is a promise keeper. The question is, can you hold on knowing and believing that God will do exactly what he said he would do. Because if you can attest to that, you can say, as this text says of Abram, but was strong in faith. Abram was strong in the faith. 24 years he waited and he waited. Can you imagine the people that laughed at him, mocked him? as he was getting older and older and older, and yet still no nursery rhymes playing in the nursery. Hmm. Abram did not weaken. He waited on God and he waited on God and he waited on God because he believed God was going to come through. Abram did not waver, he did not weaken. But the Bible says giving glory to God. Abram did not withhold. Stop thinking and believing that once you come out of 
a circumstance and or a situation, that's when you can give God your best praise. I am telling you, it is in the depths of hurt, pain, and sorrow, confusion, and uncertainty that God gets my best praise. Yeah, it's when I'm hurting. It's when there's pain in my body. That, that's when I cry out to God like never before. Endearing qualities every father should have. Brothers, listen to me. I pray this word has helped you. I pray that you allow it to saturate your heart and manifest itself in your spirit so that today we can go forward believing and professing that we're going to be the better for the word of God, convicting our hearts and minds today. Listen, family, we are out of minutes. We're never out of message. We're out of time and we got to go. We want to be respectful, as I always say, of you and your time. Uh, but I want you to know, brothers, I'm lifting you up today in prayer, man. Not just today, every day. I'm praying for the men of the Most High God, as well as our sisters. But brothers, you, you have a special place. You have a special place in the kingdom because you are the pace setter. You're the drum major. You're the, the biggest and the greatest cheerleader of the family. And I pray today that we would take that responsibility seriously, because if we do, trust me when I say the best is yet to come. Listen, family, in this 2020 experience, don't forget in all you're doing and all you're being and in all you're getting, make sure God is glorified. We love you. Hello, family. It's Pastor Thomas, and I want to thank you for tuning in to the podcast today. We pray that something was said that encouraged and inspired your heart during this difficult time. I pray that you are being strong and that your spiritual resolve is being fortified and strengthened during this difficult time. To the Mount Sinai family, we want to encourage you, if you've not done so yet, to make sure that as you go on to the website, that you would take a moment to go on and hit the PayPal button and that you would send your tithes and your offerings to the church. We are still a church body and we are still in need of the financial support in which you provide on a consistent and regular basis. If you do not feel comfortable by sending your tithes and offerings by way of PayPal, you can feel free to send a money order or check or cashier's check to the church. Uh, attention, uh, our secretary, Sister Lydia Haley, she'll make sure that the deacons get it. We ask that you please do not send cash to the church. And then also we want to encourage those of you who are listening in other states and other countries. We want to thank you for tuning in. I pray that you were encouraged today by that which you've heard. And also uh, for those of you who are unchurched and unsaved, I pray that this not take the place of uh, a local ministry for you, but that you would go and find a Bible preaching, Bible teaching and God fearing church to join with and become a part of that you might go forth sowing much fruit in the kingdom of God. Family, we love you and we thank God for you. And remember, God will be glorified. I can't stop.